Good day and welcome to another episode of the International News Desk. Whether you're tuning in on snl24.com forward slash Sokoloduma, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Play. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Roberts. But of course, we're not alone. We're joined by Kamohelo Motetswane. How are you, my friend? I am good. I am good. I am good. Thank you for having me once again. Uh, I hope you're good too, Sean. Absolutely, but we... Um... Yeah, no complaints this side. It's going to be an absolute scorcher this weekend in Johannesburg. Where are you, where are you based? You're in Pretoria, right? Yes, that's correct. I'm in Pretoria. I think it's like 37, 39 this weekend. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's been hot. Even today, it was insanely hot. Yeah. But luckily, I've been cooked up in the house for like, <laughs> I don't really feel it. Like, I haven't really felt it like that. But yeah, I can, just the A, like, yo, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. The, the seasons have definitely changed. Um, you know, staying, uh, you know, staying on changing the 2030 World Cup will mark the Centennial World Cup competition. For the first time, Camo, three countries from two continents will host a competition with Spain, Portugal and Morocco as the host nations. Additionally, Argentina, Paraguay and Uruguay will serve as nations that open the event. Did not see this one coming. Did not see it coming at all, Sean. <laughs> I, I am actually so conflicted about this yeah. decision. Yeah. Um, so like yeah like there's 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 gonna be the three games uh, mm. in South America to essentially a preamble to to the showpiece that's gonna be held in in North Africa and the Iberian Peninsula. Yeah. Um, so like yeah, for me it's it's really confusing. Like well, I don't understand. Like if you're really gonna commemorate the centenary yes. um, of the World Cup, then I think you should commit to it wholeheartedly. You know what I mean? Because now it seems a bit disingenuous. Like it's all over the world. Yes, it's a World Cup, but like you know this is where it all started. 1930, Uruguay yeah. and. Yeah, you wanna you wanna you wanna commemorate it in the right way. So like, just playing the three games like feels a bit like, you know, like, yeah, let's just get it out the way type of thing, you know. So yeah, yeah, um, I'm happy that it's gonna be in Africa. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, I can get myself to Morocco as well, and maybe Portugal and Spain as well. But yeah, it's 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 it's, it's crazy. Um, I have the reason I'm conflicted about it essentially is because I feel as though. Gianni Infantino is kind of expediting this process of getting a World Cup to Saudi Arabia, yeah. um, which seems to be the case in 2034. Um, so, like, they had initially tried to have a joint type of thing with uh, Greece and Egypt for 2030, but that fell through for various reasons. Um, and, yeah, like, he had committed already to, you know, to taking the the World Cup across the world, different continents rotating, respectively, and like I said, it, it feels like an ex, like it was expedited just so Saudi Arabia can get it. Um, so yeah, it's going to count. So essentially the 2030 World Cup is going to count as a South America World Cup, an African World Cup and a European World Cup. So Asia would subsequently be the next in line or Oceania, one of the two would be next in line. So Saudi Arabia already put their bid in for 2034. Um, they're likely going to get it. You know, they've been sure. investing heavily in football. Sure. Yeah, their football their football imprint is 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 is, is growing uh, yeah. by the day. Clubs, their own league, the the collaborations with with the different federations and leagues. So, I think they're gonna get it. Um, it's it sucks a bit, you know, that they're gonna get it like this. But you know, it is what it is. But yeah, twenty thirty, Africa, Morocco, let's go, man. I'm I'm excited for that. Kamohelo, I just want to jump in there. Maybe you can elaborate more on on this for our listeners. Yeah, please. You you mentioned a few times there three games are going to be played does that mean only three games are going to be split across these three countries and the rest of the games will be held in 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 one or is that is it going to be more like a league that they're going to be traveling around the world for different matches no 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 so so the host nations in south america are 
Uruguay, Paraguay, and Argentina. So those three nations will be grouped accordingly. And okay. they will play their opening matches in their respective countries. Where thereafter, they and their opponents will have to fly to North, wherever they're going to be based, wherever in North Africa in, or in the Iberian Peninsula. So, yeah, essentially, those three, those three games are, are just, in essence, a way to commemorate yeah, the World Cup, 100 years. Okay, guys, let's take it somewhere else now. Thanks, Paraguay. Thanks, Argentina. Thanks, Uruguay. It's been, it's been good. <laughs> let's take it. <laughs> let's take it elsewhere. <laughs> so, yeah, that's essentially what's going to happen. And then the rest of the tournament is going to be um, played out in, 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 in Morocco, pa- uh, Spain, and Portugal. Because, like I mentioned before, um, Saudi, Egypt, and Greece wanted to host in 2030. So did uh, the, the South American teams. But... Like I said, it all feels like a bit disingenuous. Like mm. he just wants to, like Infantino and and then the FIFA Exco, like they just want to get this thing out the way so it can get to Saudi Arabia as quick as possible. So I'm assuming that they can line their pockets. Mm. This is not a fact. Uh, this is just my observation. <laughs> you know what I mean? We so FIFA has no is is notorious for being a very shady organization. So yeah, I'll just I'll just I'll just give credence to that instead. You know. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 pretty. I think the word you could use is pretty sad, hey. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you think Saudi Arabia in terms of football by twenty thirty four would be barely twelve years old, maybe mm. thirteen years old. I, I would imagine, just in terms of what, what was that? Obviously, they had football leagues and stuff, but really putting themselves on the map. Mm. Um, and now the 20, 2030 World Cup, you just got to. You got to look at it and think like, okay, well, there's a lot of traveling here now for the teams as well. well what's that got to do to performance in terms of tiredness, um, in terms of spectatorship as well? Mm. Like, how do you how do you place yourself now? You know, as a, as a youngster coming up, your dream is now to go <laughs> watch a few games in the World Cup, and now you've got to, you know, you've got to sell your house, car, and and your dog to go watch it now. <laughs> it's 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 all a bit bizarre. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Logistically, it's going to be a nightmare, especially for the teams that start in South America, like, you're going to have to travel, like, I don't know how, how long a flight from, from South America to Europe is, I'd assume, yeah. like, 13 hours easily, or, or more than that even, you know, um, unless you're chartered, of course, uh, but yeah, like, it's, it's it could easily reach the double digits, you know, and, you know, you still have to settle into where you're going to be afterwards, and, 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 and like you said, for the spectators as well, like, you build up all this, all this, you, bu- you build up this World Cup that's going to be held in your country, and then it's only going to be for, like, a game. And then, like, you're going to have to go, like, across the world just to go watch your team potentially go very far in the tournament, you know? It's, yeah, it's going to be very costly. Logistically, I don't know how it's going to work. But, yeah, it just feels like, it feels crazy. Like, FIFA, like, first it was the World Cup during the season. And now it's, like, this this World Cup that we're hosting across three different continents when we haven't even hosted it across two, let alone three. So, yeah, it's just it's just a bit mad that, you know, this is this is how we we we've got to this point. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it just feels a bit. It feels like the FIFA are just setting a dangerous precedent for for like hosts and then potential bidders. You know, like yeah, it's like money talks, and if you don't have money, like yeah, yeah. You can essentially host the whole cup. You know? No, exactly. I mean, it's obviously that Saudi Arabia have 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 bought the twenty four. Well, we have. The 2034 World Cup. Nothing's obviously been said yet, but what yeah. 100% is going to happen. Um, okay, cool. Let's move on to from one <laughs> cup to another, I guess. Uh, Champions League. Sure. Let's touch base on a few games that have just happened. Uh, come on, if I may. Um, Newcastle United. I mean, yeah. Fabian Shaw's sensational long-range goal capped a stunning 
4-1 thrashing of PSG. And come on, Newcastle go top of Group F. I didn't think I'd ever say those words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. I think our last conversation, I said it was going to be a pretty... It, it wouldn't be an easy test for PSG to go to St. James's Park, you sure. know, especially having been out of the competition for like 21 years or something like that. And yeah, yeah true. And, and true, like you could see from the moment they walked out, like yo, it was bouncing, the stadium was rocking and almost immediately, like l- the press from Newcastle was mad. Um, New- PSG had a chance with, with, with Usman Dembele at the very beginning. But um, apart from that, they were very... Uh, toothless in front of goal, you know. It was all Newcastle, and yeah, they scored. They scored with exp- like with so much speed and intensity. Like, yeah, it, like new. Uh, essentially, PSG were never in the game, in my opinion. You know, um, Kylian Mbappe didn't complete a single take on. Uh, Kieran, Tri- Ki- Kieran Trippier essentially had him locked up. They just were not in the game, you know, for the most part. And yeah, it's, it's it was it was insane to see, especially considering the way Newcastle started their Champions League campaign. You know, they yeah. they were a bit jittery against AC Milan, and I thought maybe PSG could could test their mettle a bit, but they were they were nowhere. You know, um, and yeah, they, all of their forwards had a fantastic game. I was very impressed with Isak, very impressed with Gordon, twenty one years old, and to yeah. still perform like that in in a big game like that was was mad. Um, the defense was on point. Yeah, everything was just. Awesome, like, yeah, but Bruno Gimaresh for me was, like, the, the outstanding player, you know, like, he deserves his contract, he just signed an extension, and, yeah, he, he showed his mettle against some of the very best in the world. Um, PSG named a quite attacking team. Um, I don't know if the scoreline maybe flattered them, probably not, but, mm. yeah, it was it was quite an insane game to watch. I don't know what you thought about it, Mr. Sure. Yeah, no, like I said, like, just in terms of my intro, um, you know, top top of the table is uh, <laughs> like I said, I, I didn't have much hope for Newcastle coming to the Champions League, to be honest. And and, and now they sort of won my hearts. It's uh, it's incredible to watch. And, and like you say, Anthony Gordon, twenty one years old. It's it's yeah. it's mind boggling. Um, right, let's let's move on to Old Trafford. Yeah, uh, Man United against Galatasaray, three away goals. It's um, again not the result the United fans wanted. At the end of the game, a lot of boos. Onana, question marks again. Um, on the positive side, Rasmus Hoyland has, I think we could say, found himself now at United. Very, very excited about him in terms of what he can bring to the Premier League in general. Um, but not the result that United wanted. Yeah, yeah, not the result they wanted at all. Um, this is the worst start to a Champions League season uh, in their history, if I'm not mistaken. They've never lost two games in a row. Their first two games in the group stages, at least. So, yeah, just it just speaks to where the club are at at the moment. And, yeah, they, it, I, it's very difficult with United because, you know, for, for, for they looked like they were going to, you know, actually go and win the game the way Hoyland was playing and the way they were feeding him and, you know, yeah, kind of yeah. acclimatizing to having, like, a proper strike after so many years. But sure. then Onana goes and does, like, and makes a, a, a huge mess of things, you know? Yeah. Um you know, you would be forgiven in the Bayern game, you know, keep mistakes happen, keep us, keep us fumble stuff. But then, yeah, to, to, to be so like, like a daisical in the way you pass and you play out from the back and essentially yeah. get Casemiro sent off. And then it just is, yeah, just a, just a, just a calamity after that. Like, yeah, Galatasaray come back and essentially win the game. Um, yeah, it's not a it's not a good look for Manchester United at the moment. We're starting the Champions League. We're starting the Premier League. Wow. Eric Ten Hag is is under tremendous pressure at the moment, and it's you know we speak about Rasmus Hoyland and the the great start that he's had. I I kind of fear for him in the sense that 
I, I hope that he has a positive effect on the squad and it's not an inverse type of effect where, you know, he started so well, but, you know, it's just such a negative mood in the team and he just, you know, kind of stops being enthusiastic and stops kind of trying to make a point and just becomes comfortable in the 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 the, the negativity that's surrounding the club, you know. So, yeah, um, scary hours. Uh, hopefully they, they, they can bounce back against Brentford, but it's not looking good for them in, in their Champions League group right now. If I'm not, no wins in, in the group. I don't sure. know if if they're bottom. They might be bottom. Uh, yeah, uh, Euro, Europa League, Europa League conference. Europa League looks like it, it might be their best bet, you know, to win a trophy this season. And, so. uh, you know, to rub, rub, to rub salt in the wounds are half scoring <laughs> against them. But, I mean, yeah. I think I think Hoyland, I think he's far too young, in my opinion, to, to really get caught up in the negative stuff. He's got a lot to prove for himself. You know, this is obviously the first big move for him. And, uh, in my opinion, a lot bigger moves in the future to come. <laughs> that's, that's my I don't know opinion. if United fans, I don't know if United fans are going to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that, that, that's the reality, I think. I mean, so for, from one side of you know, uh, Manchester to the other, um, even though it was an away game, a convincing win uh, for Manchester City against Leipzig. When I say convincing, I mean the third goal came in the 90-odd minutes. Um, but happier City's performance, Kamal? Yeah, yeah, you know, the, they, got, they, got, they got it done. And that's, that's yeah. all you can do uh, away, away at, uh, in the Red Bull Arena. Um, I remember them thrashing, I remember them thrashing uh, RB Leipzig by quite a, be- by a, mm. by quite a big, big margin in, in the knockout stage of last season's competition. But yeah, they, they, they did what they had to do, um, as, you'd, as you'd expect from, from, uh, from a city side, especially after the loss they had uh, on the weekend. Correct. Um, it's a good way to bounce back, um, good way to go into the game against uh, Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that definitely, definitely, positives only to take away from it. Uh, like mm-hmm. you said, the 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 the, the scoreline maybe suggests um, it was a bit more. Excuse me, it was a bit more. It, it wasn't as close as it, it as you as it, it would suggest yes. in a sense. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it, it, it RB Leipzig definitely gave them a run for their money. But yeah, as you'd expect from the European champions, the English champions. Um, yeah, they made they made good work of it and three points on the board for them. Two from two. Yeah, agreed. And don't forget, it was their second loss in a row. They're back-to-back, right? Uh, ah, yes, they lost against Newcastle, yes. Newcastle, yes, yes. Carabao, Wolves in the Premier League, which is... Mm. Um, bloody hate Wolves. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll take the three We'll take the three points. We'll take the three goals away as well. Um, yeah. Napoli-Real Madrid, crack over game. Yeah, good, good, good. Jude Bellingham now. Is that is that eight in nine games, I think? Or nine eight, in eight? It's, eight it's in pretty, nine. What yeah. an entrance he's made. Yeah, it's it's insane. You know, um, when Karim Benzema left the club and, you know, they were not going to get a striker and Jude Bellingham came in as their marquee striker and Carlo Ancelotti said, no, guys, don't worry. Like, he will play. He will be our striker this season. I was like, yo, Carlo Ancelotti, what are you doing? You know, but yeah. how could I doubt? How could I doubt the Don? He he had a plan for, for, for young Jude and it's coming to fruition. He's prolific. He's he's already matching some of Ronaldo's records. Um at the club, you know, to think about Cristiano Ronaldo, the, the, the all-time top goal scorer at Real Madrid, that's that's no easy feat. And yeah, mm. he was just immense against Napoli. First assist to Vini, then to score, and then obviously Fede Valverde kept it off with a, with a stun of a goal. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was he's he's been all inspiring. And you know, we speak about Mbappe and we speak about Vinicius and we speak about Haaland, but you know. 
I knew he was good at Dortmund, but now he's showing me like, yo, like he can actually do a job for 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 the biggest club in in Europe and the biggest yeah. club in the world. And to do it against Napoli, that's that's not easy, you know. No, absolutely. Uh, just just re- refresh my memory. It's got uh, Alex Marais' own goal for the third goal for mm. for Real Madrid. Who took oh, that okay. long shot? Okay. Uh, Fede Valverde, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think question marks must be asked about the goalkeeper there, in my opinion. You think so? I do, I do. It was, it was, it was straight at him. It was. If if Marais stands up, his his hand can touch the crossbar, right? There's okay, no yeah, need no. for him to jump the way he jumped and not make contact with the ball, in my opinion. Yeah, true, true, true. It was quite it a powerful was, shot, though. It was a powerful shot, but you know, at that level, you you practice reactions and you practice reactions for for close shots, and that was thirty yards out for crying out loud. <laughs> so, fair for, enough, fair enough. For, for me, at that level, that goes down as a goalkeeping error. You may agree or disagree, but. I'm hosting the show. Come on, I'm right. <laughs> okay, um, my man. So we're going to move now to the Premier League reviews. We have to start off with. I mean, you're a big Arsenal fan. I'm a big City yeah. fan. Um, sure, big game, big, big game big. this weekend. How do you see a big, game? Big game, big game. <laughs> um, I'm tempted to even say, as early as it might be in the season, I'm tempted to say a title decider already. Wow. Um, yeah, but it's it's hard to tell. We don't have Saka. You guys don't have Rodri. Mm. Um, it's those are quite two pivotal players. And with with respect to how each team plays, you know, um, so I don't know how it's gonna play out. But you know, I think Rodri's gonna be the bigger miss for 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 Manchester City in my Agreed. opinion. Um, the way just just looking at the Wolves game and the way they played against RB as well. Um, yeah, he he's very integral to to the way you guys play. And yeah. I think we we if we're on it. And if our whole team is on it, then I think we, we should be coming out with the victory. Um, especially, wow. I think we're playing at home, right? So, yeah, yeah. We, we, we should definitely be winning that game. Um, we should, yeah, we need to capitalize on the fact that you guys don't have your, your holding midfielder, your Spaniard. Mm. So, I don't know how you see it. Obviously, you're going to come at it from a City Hell perspective, but yeah, that's, no. that's my unbiased opinion. <laughs> I, I, think, I think if we go back, Kamal, the past few seasons, and we actually look at the stats of the game, right? Um, <laughs> and, and, and each game. And, and, and to be honest, it's been pretty even. And, yeah, I, and I, sure. think, I, think, I think the depth of what Man City have and the quality of the players, they don't dispute that. Mm-hmm. And having Pep, just in terms of being Pep, I think that's what's going to get City over the line, in my opinion. So I'm going. I'm going two one for City away from home. Okay, I'll go. I'll go three one Arsenal. I'll go three one Arsenal. <laughs> I'll go three because purely purely because the past two seasons where we've played at the Emirates, I felt like we should have put the games to bed. It's just weird errors um, that have that have costed us. I remember that Xhaka gave Mares a penalty the one game, and then last season. Last season, um, yeah, a couple of weird passes in the back where you know fucking around in the in the back line, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. yeah, you capitalize on those on those mistakes, and then yeah, Haaland goes and scores, Grealish goes and scores. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's if if we can cut the mistakes out, I think we we will we'll be good to go. Three one, Arsenal. I'm sticking by it. Hopefully, it doesn't come to bite back. Hasn't doesn't wow. come back to bite me in the. Ass. No, no. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a, is that our producer on the line? It, it is. I, I have an idea. Kama, you saying 3-1. Mm-hmm. Sean, you're saying... Kama, 3-1 to Arsenal, mm-hmm. obviously. And Sean, you saying 2-1 to City. Did, is that correct? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Should should we put a wager on this? Mm-hmm. We can. 
can. Sure. Um, Why not? Let's let's do this. Whoever loses has to admit on on <laughs> air the next time that you you don't have ball knowledge. Uh. <laughs> and listeners can take that as the how they want, right? That, that doesn't have to be that doesn't have to be football related. If you want to interpret it with innuendo, go for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. <laughs> Sean, are you in? I'm I'm in, Aiden. Just 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 happy and 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 keen to get your point of view on that game. You know what? I've been thinking about it this, the whole day today. I doubt I'm, it. No, I have, Sean, because okay. I do Super Brew, right? And and currently in my league, I'm sitting top and have been since day one. Stop it. Yeah, no. If you want some lessons, let me know. I'll hook you up. <laughs> and this is the one game that I actually have no f***ing clue what to think. Yeah. Given that it's at the Emirates and, and hearing who's missing for each team, I kind of want to say one little city. Go on, my son. Mm. Go on, like, my son. Just because I feel like City have been have obviously been dominating for a longer period of time, mm. and I just think they might have a little bit more BMT in this situation. I agree, Aiden, but I do think we're going to concede, and that's why I've gone the two hundred. That's fine. Yeah. At least you know that's all cool. Like yeah. I, I respect that, but this is my opinion, and well, this and is I'm my the show. producer. And get off. <laughs> I'm not happy with that prediction, by the way. That's, that's, I'm, not, I'm not sure how I feel about this. That's, no scoring at the Emirates. That's, that's, that's blasphemous. I just feel like it's going to be such a gridlocked game. I feel like it's going to be up and down. Like it's going to be incredibly fast paced. But I just think people are going to struggle to score. I think the youngsters um, might get a bit nervous and not want to shoot. And, and Guys, I just think we, we're forgetting yeah. the biggest talk of the day, and that's that's Arteta against Guardiola, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that hasn't even come up yet. I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that's why the millions are going to be watching. I guess there's, there's so many, so many similarities within them. Um, yeah, it's going to be a cracker. I'm excited. I'm nervous I'm too, but I'm very excited. I think that's the one Premier League game that doesn't involve United that I will happily watch this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's on Sunday, hey? Yes, correct. I, yeah, yes, I think man. so. Okay, I think cool. it's the like the the last game on Sunday, like final act of the Premier League or whatever the case yeah, is. Yeah. Curtain call. Curtain call. There we go. Oh, there go. There that's there the one, go. Aiden. Thank you, Aiden. We'll chat in a couple of minutes. Thank you, sir. Uh, come on, let's move on to another big game. The last game we saw, we're going to preview uh, Brighton yeah. versus Liverpool. Brighton at home, I think it is. Um, one week after losing in the final seconds to Spurs, Liverpool once again travel south in the Premier League, this time to Brighton for a top six showdown. But Brighton are coming off a shock 6-1 defeat against Aston Villa away from home, um, which is their second loss in four Premier League matches. Come on, in my opinion... It, it should be... Well, Brighton's no walkover, don't get me wrong. Um, it, it should be three points of Liverpool, one would think. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, You know, watching, I watched the Aston Villa and Brighton game and I couldn't even tell you what was wrong with Brighton, but they just seem so lethargic like in the mm. way they, 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 they let the Aston Villa midfield bypass them and essentially score all these goals. But yeah, it was, it was crazy, it was crazy. And 
even the their previous loss before the the their other loss they they conceded by quite a few as well if I'm not mistaken so yeah yeah the, I don't know what uh, RDZ is, is is cooking there but yeah Liverpool are definitely going to be determined to 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 avenge what happened to them at Spurs you know they're going to be feeling very aggrieved as as to what transpired with the VAR call and all of that so in an attempt to 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 put the game beyond doubt I think it will be imperative for them to score with immediacy and just set the tone to be like you guys are playing with us like we're not a, we're not to be f-ed with you know what I mean like we need to we need to win at all costs and I think you know they're going to they're going to do that and I do agree with you but with the with the Liverpool win aspect but I I don't think it will be easy and I think no. at Brighton Brighton will definitely give them a run for their money um yeah it'll it'll be very tightly contested though but I think yeah, yeah I'm edging it with Liverpool Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it's not going to be an easy game. I don't think it is an easy game in the Premier League uh, anymore. We've seen Wolves, Man City. I mean, <laughs> I, oh, it's, uh, it's it's you know what I mean. I, and I think I mentioned the podcast Wolves away from home for any for any team or Wolves in general. They just got something that just makes you sit or sleep a little bit uh, on edge, and they mm-hmm. and they prove that again. So. Um, anyway, we will bounce back. Let's have a look at what Liverpool do. I think we're both going for a Liverpool win. Um, uh, this is my favorite part of the podcast called Seeking the Socials, where our producer Aidan Hewitt dissects the socials and asks myself and Kamal a topic, I guess, and we unpack that. Off to you, Aidan. Sean and Kamo, welcome back to Seeking the Socials. For all the listeners out there who do not know what Seeking the Socials is, it is a segment where I personally scour social media and I look for the most interesting and topical, sometimes even controversial opinions relating to football, which I've come across over the last week. Some weeks I inform the lads of a topic and other times I get the gents to pick a topic by choosing a social media in a lucky packet scenario. However, This week, I'm taking control and I will be informing you guys of a question which has kind of tweaked my brain and it's gotten me to think fairly hard, something I don't really do too often. So if you guys are ready, I'm happy to go straight into it. Yes, sir. Yeah, please. So the question, question, statement, however you want to call it, a statement with a question mark. Why don't goalkeepers ever get substituted like other positions? For example, if you have two right backs, you can always bring the second one on in the 80th minute or whatever. You can even start them both on either side, but why not give your second choice goalie a run in? Sean, I'd like to start with you on this one, given your, you know, your history. What what do you make of this? Like surely giving players regardless of their position a run in, giving them minutes helps build up form and confidence? You know, Eden, it's a good question. Um But in, in my opinion, I think the, the main answer is quite obvious in terms that I think there's one position you can't really play around with in each team, and that's a goalkeeper, because purely of their relationship with the back four. And um, you've seen that with De Gea and you know Buffon, and you know if you're going to interchange that, and you've got a goalkeeper that believes slightly something different in terms of how the wall sets, how the wall is set up. Or how the corners should be set up, how you speak to this player, how you speak to that player, we can have a, a massive, profound difference on uh, on the back four. Um, so when you say the back four, it should always be the back five. We can say the back five, it should be the back six. Um, and that's why, in my opinion, you don't see too many changes if things are going well. Um, you don't want to mess with, you know, we, we talk about the spine of the team, you know, the goalkeeper, mm. the two center, the two center backs, midfield striker. Um, you try not to stuff with that too much. Um, you know, wing backs, 
other defenders, midfielders, strikers, wingers. Yes, we, we can play around with that. But then the spine of the team should not be messed with too much, especially the goalkeeper. I think uh, the relationship that is formed between the keeper and the, the two centre-halves uh, specifically um, is, is, is so important to how the team performs. Kamo, just, just before we hear your thoughts, Sean, just a second question onto that. You say the goalkeeper, the starting goalkeeper, first choice, whatever, has a specific relationship with his back four. Mm. And that might differ from the relationship the second choice keeper has with, with mm. the starting back four. Surely then that brings up a question of chemistry and the integrity of the team. Like, don't you want your whole team having the exact same mindset, the exact same process and whatnot? Or would you think, like, for example, keeper A might prefer a couple people on the post, whereas keeper B doesn't want that for a corner, for example. Yeah, Eddie, you, you can fundamentally see um, if I think next time it actually happens, right? Maybe the next cup game, when you see a second choice goalkeeper coming in, you can fundamentally see the difference in the team. Mm. Um, just in terms of how it's aligned. Um, and, and as me as an ex-player, you can see how different communication is. And maybe there's more communication needed from the second choice goalkeeper to the defenders. Um, but, but you get to understand one another very, very well. For example, you know, if there's, you know, there might be a left-footed goalkeeper to a right-footed goalkeeper. All of a sudden, the central defender thinks, okay, cool, well, it's whoever in the back I'm going to pass to his left, but now he's forgotten. It's the right-footer. So it's those little, little things, and they make a massive difference. And that's, and it's those little things, as we've seen with Anana's lap, um, uh, lapse of concentration now for two seconds, what can happen in a big game. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I don't think it'll ever change. I do think the, the keepers are given a little bit of leeway in the cup games. Um, we've seen that with City. We've seen it with the bigger teams as well. Um, Edison won't feature really in the cup games at all unless it's Champions League. But it's... And look, there's, there's still pressure to perform. Don't get me wrong. But um, it, it doesn't happen. And, and purely for the fact that uh, it's, it's all about confidence. It's all about rhythm. Um, and it starts with the goalkeeper. Okay. No, that that's fair. Very well broken down. Kamer, what are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, Sean broke it down so eloquently. Uh, <laughs> so, like, yeah, I think, I think football is such a... You know, it's decided by such minute things, you know what I mean? And, like, to, to mess around with something as... I don't say fragile, but, you know, uh, a back four defense is something that you predicate on stability, you know, yeah. on, on on familiarity, on the things that you know. And to, yeah, to play around with that, to 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 be, um, quote unquote, uh, try to be a bit clever with it. Like it, it, it's it's not it's not good. It's not good for 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 everybody involved because, mm. yeah, like you you want you want that probably going forward as opposed to your back line. Um, so I think it's cool like that keepers. I'll stay the same. You know, Mikel Arteta, he was, he, he, he was alluding to the fact that he was open to changing keepers and stuff. But now we see, we have, a, we, we have an idea that, you know, Raya is actually going to be the, the number one and mm. he wants it like that. And you can already see the, the, the differences um, in that sense. Um, and that's okay too, you know, like this, I don't think there should be a need to, to feel like, you know, you, you change the keeper. Because like I said, um, defenses are, Defense is a part of the team where you want stability, where you want um, familiarity. Um, yeah, it could be a, something as little as you know, uh, like you said, do, do I drop? Do I drop? Do I go forward? Do, yeah. do, do I open up for the keeper? Do I, do I not open up for the keeper? Do I stay in the box? Does he want to? You know what I mean? Little things like that. So yeah, um, and that essentially it, it flows throughout 
the team and and then if if I think if everybody else feels uncomfortable with with with, with what's going on at the back, then it, it yeah it kind of festers throughout the team. And I think it's okay like if you have one keeper for for the cups and one keeper for the league and the Champions League, like yeah, totally fine with that because you don't want no mis- you don't want any mistakes at all. Mm. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, very educational, very, very well said. <laughs> I love the show. That was great. You've changed my opinion on this. Have a lovely day and we'll chat soon. Thank you for your time. <laughs> Thank you, Aiden. Uh, Kamal, I guess we've covered everything. Not too much else happening for the listeners out there. Um, and that is how we wrap up this episode of the International News Desk. So whether you have been listening on snl24.com forward slash Soccer Google Play, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Thank you for tuning in. I've been your host, Sean Roberts. Thank you to Kamal. I appreciate you, my brother. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Cheers. Cheers, brother.